Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Tad and no Marco this week. Tad, it's our third season and Marco misses week one. I think it's all coming apart here for Curve America. How are you? Are you excited about the new season, man? Yeah, I mean, Marco apparently needed a, some time off from his uh, his Curve America vacation um, and just, just couldn't get it together to be here. It's Ferragoso um, over in Italy, so maybe uh, Marco being the true Italian on the podcast, he's on vacation. I would, I would, I would throw more shade except for next week I'm going to be at the beach and I'm not going to be on this, so... Um, <laughs> I'm going to reserve judgment lest it come back to me tenfold. But hey, man, watching Syria on ESPN and then going to Ireland's four courts um, in D.C. to watch uh, the first Rumble Club game on the season that was on ESPN News or ESPN Ews. Uh So I'm feeling great, man. No more no more uh, uh, be in uh, blacking us out so we can watch uh, uh Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, passing post-game thoughts for Real Madrid. Now we get those for Juventus. That's right. That's right. Seriously, uh, night and day coverage here between the past two seasons and this already. So ESPN, I got to say right up front, kudos. Uh, just uh, It's been nothing but good so far. Um, uh, what have your thoughts been on, on the coverage uh, overall? I mean, I just got to say, like, best seven-day free trial and four ninety-nine a month I'll ever spend. Um, <laughs> I love, I, I love all the uh, uh, the Italians in America claiming about that extra charge, and it's like, dude, for five bucks you can cast into the abyss the uh, you know the shady Reddit stream. So I'm uh, I, I'm ecstatic. The only thing, I mean, it's it's the worldwide leader in sports, baby. I mean, wait till we get that Syria Sports Center rolling. Yes. Um, you know, with with the, with the Chris Sabarman, uh, or you know, uh, and then the Patrick. So <laughs> I, I I grew up on this drug, so I'm I'm pumped to see it uh, to, to go this way. My only my only knock is that I'm I'm happy to see that you know that that the the transfer window when it was complete at at ESPN, they managed to pick up such superstars as Matteo Bonetti. Who did Roma's game? Uh, Marco Palmieri, uh, who was on the podcast and did uh, Inter's game, and then of course the man, the myth, and the legend, uh, uh, Dick Whittle, Whittle Richard, did the Atalanta game. So I'm hoping that these, if they're loans, they're with obligations to buy, and they'll stick around. But it seemed to be like, like the like the OTFR Napoli game. The guy it seemed like that he'd rather be doing an EPL. You know, he just he just wasn't into it. It feels like if you know if he was like at a bar chatting up somebody and it was they, they hit it off and you know, they get to the, the point where you know the the, the person he's into is like hey what do you do and uh, he's like eh, i commentate for the syria it, it's a job you know <laughs> it, it pays the bills but yeah. other than that man i've seen that do a it. lot i've seen that with uh that's kind of the only knock on espn so far i was wondering how people would maybe spice it up a little bit me coming from the New Jersey, New York, Italian American uh, background. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a Joe Pesci type character um, covering the game, something like that. 
maybe uh, uh, some color commentary on that vein just to, uh, you know, get people interested in uh, Italy or, or something. I could see Joe, Pish- Joe Pesci in there uh, making it exciting just, for sure. Just blowing up in a, in a, in a, in a fit of expletives. Yeah. And right. they're just beeping him out. You can see him pointing his finger, hitting, you know, hitting, the, hitting things with a baseball bat. I would enjoy it. It's what uh, I, I uh, remember those movies well that I think uh, Serie A, at least from the American perspective, that would be fun to watch. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, hopefully. Um... I got to say, the, 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 the companion piece to this podcast should be the if you saw the Serie A total impact. Man, that had me on the verge of tears. It was an emotional roller coaster with the soundtrack of that thing. Just up peaks and valleys. Uh, I find myself calm. I found myself anxious. So I mean, I I, I got to give it a I got to give it an A minus so far for ESPN with room for improvement. Yep, I uh, I'm enjoying it, and really compared to where we were, man, I think all the Serial fans are happy. So uh, fortunately, this uh, podcast may not be the only thing they have to listen to to get their Serial news. That's good. We do want to also mention that uh, this year we have started a fantasy calcio league that people are still welcome to join, even though we've got one week in the books here. Um, Tad, how's your team doing uh, for Fantasy Calcio? My team is total trash. I think I'm in last place. Um, although I did have a bunch of players that didn't play this weekend, um, I looked at it, and I don't have any players from Napoli on here. Of course, I have Daniele De Rossi. I feel like my defense is solid, um, but no, I put it together in like five minutes uh, to get it in before the deadline, and I just I, I'm, I'm going to be the butt of every joke um, uh, in this league's uh, I think for the entire season. In case there was any doubt, we didn't know what we were talking about. Let's <laughs> look at our fantasy calcio yeah. to confirm that. Yep. Hey, I, I have Daniel Rossi, I have Papu Gomez, and I have Kevin Lasagna, so I'm happy. Yep, those are good names to follow for sure. <laughs> All right, Tad, well, let's jump right into it here. we got week one in the books. We're going to kick it off with the rundown. A dark cloud hangs over an exciting weekend for all Curve Americans following the tragedy of Genoa's bridge collapse, with two games being postponed and a moment of silence observed before all Serie A fixtures. Nevertheless, Serie A is back and on ESPN, hopefully putting an end to shady Reddit streams nationwide. Cristiano Ronaldo's much-anticipated Juve debut is almost spoiled by the geriatric donkeys, and Napoli and OTFR go toe-to-toe in Week 1's Game of the Week. Meanwhile, Roma get a moment of brilliance to put them past their former teammates up in Torino. And finally, Inter come out flat and give the season its first big upset. want to remind everybody, we have social media out there. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. This podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, ASRoma360.com, CurveAmerica.com. Tad, once they find us, what would we like them to do? Well, we're everywhere, if you can just tell. I mean, that would, you write off as many names as Apollo Creed has nicknames. Um, but hey, guys, rate and comment. Give us five stars. Uh, right now we have 39 five-star reviews and one four-star review, so uh, don't be a hater and give us four-star reviews. So free podcast. Rate and comment. Five stars. All right. So with that, we're going to jump right into it, starting off with the Champions League spots. Up first, of 
course, it's uh, the beginning of the season. we got to start with Juve, especially after the type of summer they've had. They took on Chievo, and this one finished 3-2. Tad, go ahead, man. So we have last year's Scudetto winners, uh, Golden State Juventus, basically begin their season of destiny. And Juventus welcomes CR7, by far the biggest calcio or soccer news in general uh, throughout the entire uh, uh, summer. Well, they welcome him to the Serie A in classic Juve style. Uh, they beat a mid-to-bottom team table in stoppage time. Um, but, you know, the, yeah, I mean, how many times do we see that happen? But it's all about CR7. I mean, if you looked at all the ESPN coverage coming up, anything that had to do with Serie A, I think the reason why uh, uh, Serie A is on ESPN is because of CR7. Just all about this. It was such a big thing that the preview show highlighted defend, defender uh, Mattia Bani, um, who actually had an own goal in this game. So uh, 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 thanks for putting the spotlight on me instead of uh, uh, you know letting me sh- 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 kind of hang and lurk in the background. Basically, when you high, when you put Mattia Bani on there, who has no Serie A pedigree to speak of. You're basically just being like, hey, here's the guy that, that Cristiano Ronaldo is going to put on a poster. Um, and the only really thing I have to say about the history of Mattia Bani is that he used to play for Reggiana. So, All right. Whoop, whoop. We got to work on that. Yeah. Uh, well, this Ronaldo effect, you know, I mean, it's, it, it basically you just shifted this massive power dynamic um, from La Liga to the Serie A, because Real Madrid this week had their lowest home attendance in nine years. So apparently Bale's bald spot can't can't bring these guys in there. But for the game itself, CR7, he had no goal. Um, his you know his, his debut nearly got spoiled. Um, Juventus do get goals from Kadira and Feel the Bernadeschi. Um, so I think what that says, Chris, I don't know if it's saying it to you, but it's saying it to me, is that like, Juventus doesn't really need CR7. They, they, they can win in stoppage time without him. Yeah, he's um, the secret weapon for Champions League. Uh, but he, I, I will be interested to see that all season. If they use him in these kind of backwater uh, games, like, you know, anyone, is, is he going to play against Frozenone, these, these recently uh, promoted teams? I'm going to throw uh, this game in Kievo in there too because they're just a middle-of-the-pack team. I mean, he played the whole game, uh, but I think Juve will be facing that pressure the whole season of do we save him for Champions League or is he going to play every single game because it's a crowd-pleaser? He is going to play every single minute of every single game if, if he's not hurt. I just, just mark it. Mark it zero, dude, next frame. Um <laughs> Probably the biggest impact he had in this game is he nearly killed old man Sorrentino in this one. Yeah, I mean, so yikes. 39-year-old Sorrentino. Uh, I mean, you know, CR7 got here. He's like he got the prison rules wrong. He's like, <laughs> you know, when I get to Syria, I'm going to I'm gonna go to the yard. I'm going to find the oldest guy and kick his ass. And they're like, whoa, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's the biggest guy, not the oldest guy. Um, but he just destroyed him, laid him out. I don't know if you saw that pic on social media of Sorrentino in a neck brace and a nose bandage. Did I, I saw mean, that. dude? He looks like he's he, he looks like he's like you know running an insurance scam here. Uh, it's unbelievable. Like uh, he looks he looks like he uh, uh, crashed his bike trying to wave at Wayne uh, at Wayne Campbell in Wayne's World, uh, and he just has his, that old school brace. And then his his girlfriend or uh, they, they actually he was listed as his partner just goes ham on social media. But even when she's chewing out Ronaldo. She has to just constantly refer to him as a champion. 
So yeah, I, I mean, I don't respect this champion and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, uh, Cristiano commands such respect that you can uh, uh, rip uh, somebody's head off, and his girlfriend will refer to you as champion, even when he's chewing you out on social media. CR seven has that kind of power in the world. <laughs> well, I mean, in this whole thing, man. I mean, he's he's sprinkling a little water on Kievo's fountain of youth. Uh, you know, I mean, we we joke on Kievo the geriatric donkeys. I mean the the average age of this team is, you know, three million four hundred and seventy-six. Uh, they learned how to play soccer riding dinosaurs. I don't know about this, but this was the most inspired I'd seen Kieva play in a long time. Yeah, it does seem like uh, just Ronaldo's presence it will uh, rise all ships uh, in the Serie A, which is good for the league. And and it's pretty cool to see in action the fact that just laying back and accepting that they're going to beat Juventus. They really went for it in this game. They almost pulled it off. And if everyone is competing against Juve, that's good for the league. That makes it more competitive. Yeah, I mean, you have Sorrentino and just throwing his face in front of things, trying, you know, trying to get this W against it, and uh, you know, elevating the league. Like I said at the beginning, we actually now have heard the names Mattia Bani in, you know, uttered aloud, and it's in, it's featured on ESPN. I don't think he's been featured in anything since his own confirmation party. So. We get <laughs> we we get to know obscure Italian defenders. Yep, that's uh, that's right. Make us make us do more research. That's very true. One uh, note, Ted, we got to mention before moving on here. This was a shocker. A name we've all heard of, Marquisio, rescinded contract the day before the season kicks off. I've seen nothing but shock from all the Juventini on Twitter. Uh, kind of almost feels like Netflix made a dramatic decision here for their documentary. And I, I, you feel it. There, there's just a gut punch amongst all Juve fans. This has been one of their own since youth. That was actually part of the narrative they, they put out in the Netflix document documentary. They put hey, out. Hey, we're, doc- back to, we're back. Trying to, yeah, we're trying to figure out English again. Yeah. Uh, documentary, uh, documentario. Yeah, in the, uh, in the Netflix show. You're right. Um, so just a shocker just to mention it. I, I, I'm curious if, like, you find this out the day before the game happens. Do you go? Do you sit as a fan because it's your your team is forever? It's just what a gut punch. Yeah, an unceremonious. Uh, you got to think there's maybe some injury thing going on here. Who knows um, that he's just he's just not good to go. He barely played at all last season. But you're right. He joined the team when I think when he's 11 years old. Um, he's one of the last few of these guys who have been around for you know all seven Scudetti. Um, just, just crazy to think that uh, uh, that Marquise is not playing for Juventus anymore. But you know, I'm not a Juventus fan. Obviously, we all have respect for Juventus because they know how to cheat better than anybody in the Serie A. Uh, but no, an, an absolutely amazing Serie A player. One, you know, a great Azzurri player. Uh, it's it's going to be crazy to not see him line up for the Bianco Neri this season. Yep. So we will see. Week one in the books for CR7 and Juve. They get the result. On to the next game in the Champions League spots. We put Inter here, Tad. And it was Inter against Sassuolo with a one nothing Sassuolo win in this one. They get, Inter's poised to challenge Juve this season, but uh, Sassuolo uh, trying to regain that Cinderella status. What do you think of this one? Unbelievable. Um, all I just got to say is all is lost. All is lost for Inter. <laughs> Their fans can slowly slink back into the bushes as they watch the plane crash from the mountain and their entire season burst into flames, it's losing over. to to uh, to Sassuolo 1-0 in this one. But we get our first upset of the season. 
You know, I mean, Inter comes in just loaded, and they crash out in this one like Tesla's stock. Um, you know, this summer they, they spent like Paul Manafort in 2015. Um, <laughs> you know, they had, they had some, uh, uh, some injury issues in this game. They didn't get to play their, their, their full, strong team. Uh, and you know what? This, we got to be honest. has traditionally been a tough out for Inter. Um, and, you know, but you just got to think, like, the real point, it's, it's all over for Inter, Inter this season. You know, Spalletti's probably going to threaten to quit this week, get the shovels, find a nice plot in the shade, you know, hope that they uh, 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 go uh, uh, peacefully in their sleep. But we, we just, we just got to bury Inter now, right? Yeah, that's uh, you love that mentality. All Serie A fans, all the faithful have this uh, in common, I'd say. One bad loss, hang them up, guys. We'll try again next year. Uh, because I did see that. I saw today, actually, Spalletti was fined, 10,000 euro, for uh, yelling at the referee or, or cursing out the, the referee. So all is lost. I, I think uh, you're right. Just uh, let, let's go home here. Yeah, I mean, just think about the difference uh, from last year when they started out with that super hot streak, um, you know, without really spending any money at all. This year they come in, you know, they, 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 have, this, they have some really awesome signings. They got some savvy veterans like a ninja. They got some great free transfers in like Asamoah um, and DeVry, who is what? He is serious about success. And uh, uh, they they got some savvy uh, uh, free transfer pickups in Asamoah and DeVry, who is... Um, and then they got uh, Martinez, who might be one of the hottest prospects in all of the Syria. Um, you know, redid their back line. And, uh, uh, you know, they come in and, and lay a dud here. Um, and it just goes to show that their season is over. Mark it, dude. <laughs> but uh, Inter fans, take heart. We're we're uh, just having some fun right now. They'll be fine. They're still one of my favorites to be challenging for Juve. They got a deep team, and I'm a little partial because uh, Ninja's up with uh, Spalletti. Inter's got a good squad. Um, but, you know, if we're going to focus on the positive, it's the first big win for Sassuolo in recent history, and they sure. do it with the 1-0 with Berardi scoring. So, hey. <laughs> both Sassuolo fans can be really happy. Uh, both Sassuolo fans that listen to this podcast can be really happy um, for to start off the season um, with uh, uh, with such a big win. And, and for me, I think this is probably all ignited by the launch of Kevin Prince Boateng's rap career with that flat fire song he put out, King. Didn't yeah, you hear, hear about that, Chris? I haven't heard it yet, oh. but... Prince Boateng is uh, one guy I would I could definitely see uh, rocking a rap career. That could be his yeah, future. He, yeah, <laughs> he's he, he's pulling the tracksuit off in the. I, I, okay, I'm not through the entire song yet, but I am interested where he discusses the the dynastic subtleties of his succession from prince to king. Um, I don't know. It, it, it might be the third verse or something. I'm not there yet, but you know what? He spits such hot fire. It uh, leads to the biggest upset of week one and the biggest upset in Sassuolo in recent history. All right. So we'll see if Inter bounces back. We'll see if Sassuolo and Berardi can keep it up into week two. We'll keep rolling into the third game, the third Champions League spot. This was the game of the week, Tad. Napoli versus OTFR, that other team from Rome. This one finished 2-1 in Napoli's favor, and it's New Look Napoli versus the stereotypical OTFR. New Look Napoli's Milik and Insigne responded to last year's Capo Cononieri in OTFR's Immobile, and OTFR, man, they just never change. They just living up to that stereotype they've been building since their, their entire history in, in uh, Italian Calcio. 
Start with Napoli here. Opting to start with the third kit uniforms with the Black Panther on it from Wakanda. I don't understand this yet, but I will admit it's the first jersey since Crotone's that I've thought about buying that doesn't say Roma on the front. I just don't yeah, understand. They got, they got that Wakanda for everything going, man. Yeah, I, I don't I, I like it. I get it, but I don't understand it. Uh, I saw an Instagram Napoli put out that um, it's, quote, an aggressive design with animal instinct, which, okay, you're, you're not a bunch of – Napoli has no Black Panthers in it. To my knowledge, anyway. So uh, we're just going for... I, I think they should just embrace the Wakanda thing. It would make more sense. Aggressive design and animal instinct is hashtag the most Italian thing ever with it, when describing a jersey. It sounds like it could it could either be Napoli's third kit or it could be Dolce & Gabbana's latest cologne. <laughs> exactly right. The other new look that Napoli is sporting is at the helm with Ancelotti. He felt like that first goal in this game got Napoli woke like this was a Childish Gambino song or something. Ancelotti also had a little dig on OTFR, which we as Romanisti would appreciate, reminding everyone that the Olympico was his home as a player with Roma. So the fact that he pulled off the victory here against OTFR, uh, nice little dig there mentioning Roma uh, as they defeat uh, our arch rivals. Those those roots of hate go deep and the Derby della Capitale. But I mean, come on, man. If you saw this game and talking about Ancelotti, what a stark contrast in appearance of your coach from Sadi last year to Ancelotti this year. Last year, Ancelotti looks like, you know, he's a bookie shooting dice in an alley when he's out there. And, you know, Ancelotti looks like he could be, you know, pre- he could be president of Italy. Just, you, you could not have a more stark contrast uh, in terms of how these coaches appear. Less cigarette smoke on the bench, too. Uh, I, I saw Sorry, maybe because he's living in England now, uh, gonna promises that he's going to quit smoking in two years. So uh, Yeah. Haven't seen he's going to build up to it. Yeah. He's going to build up to it. Like like the third verse in a Kevin Boateng rap song. <laughs> exactly. All right. So quickly we turn to OTFR in this one. First headline went kind of international news here. Their Their headline... Women are not allowed in the trenches of Curva Nord, where the ultras sit. Um, the, the women have been asked to sit behind the first 10 rows because they're women. Uh, so very classy from OTFR. Uh, wouldn't expect anything less. My favorite reactions to this are the FIGC calling out the ultras as, quote, stupid, and then opening investigation. Uh, here's the anticipated result. Nothing is going to happen from that investigation. But then Twitter. Yeah, Rat, Ratlitch can go go ahead and, and and just say racist stuff, and he gets banned one game slash thirty days. But it's uh, uh, it's over the uh, the winter break. Yep. Um, and then we turn to undefeated Twitter answering the question or or posing the question first. Uh, I saw this a few uh, times around. Don't you want to stay out of trenches just as a general policy? So I, I think that's uh, kind of fitting there that, yes, most people want to stay out of Curva Nord. Um, Tad, you had the point. Yeah, I mean, they, so, they, so, yeah, they, so, they, so, yeah, they sold like 11 season tickets last year. And now, now they're casting – there's castings off – casting the, the, you know, the women off to the, the top 10 rows. I mean, this, this whole thing is just – it's so OTFR ultras. It's so OTFR ultras. I mean, at, at least it's not as bad as Anne Frank anti-Semitic stickers. Yeah, last uh, year. But – you know, I mean, it's just like these people, like you know, like they, like their favorite uh, uh, web series is like Mad Men of the Third Reich, 
it's just crazy that, that, that like they have to like the it's just banger after banger of like what you should not say as a fa- as the as the uh, uh, quintessential fan group of your team. Yeah, without fail. Yeah, it's just a constant. Which you know we we do try to be objective on the pod. I admit it, but OTFR doing something like this, rightfully so, when international news like you guys are in the wrong on this one. I'm sorry. It just it, it's uh, stereotypical OTFR, and uh, you wish you the the you could do better as a team. The other thing I wanted to point out for them as just from last year was Inzaghi. He's back to sulking again. And his quote here, uh, didn't think they deserved to lose. The only difference, in my opinion, from last year is that he's blaming the short preseason rather than VAR at this point uh, in 2018-2019. So things stay the I can't same wait for OTFR. To, I, I can't wait till his brother beats him and hear what excuse he comes up with. I mean, the team is ridiculous. Immobile... I mean, they did lose Felipe Anderson, uh, but Immobile, Luis Alberto, they managed somehow to keep Milinkovic-Savic, which I think is probably the dumbest transfer move of the entire season unless they never got any real offers for him. Um, But, uh, you know, how he goes from the last game of last season blaming, you know, blaming everybody but himself and his team for them choking out of Champions League to go into this one and just go go the same route. So, hey... Good thing you know some things don't change. Yep. So we will see if uh, OTFR writes the ship in more ways than one. Um, but then Napoli continues to uh, move forward with a new guy. Uh, this is definitely the game of the week. Um, Napoli pulls it out. We'll keep moving, Tad. Our fourth game, the Champions League spots. Uh, we've got Roma and Torino. This one finished one nothing. Roma versus Torino, what we like to call Roma Rehab in this one. What'd you think of the game? Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, basically, Roma start their new campaign after a summer of spending like crazy rich agents. I think we spent something where along the lines of $140 million this summer, I, which was just captivated from the club DC's entire summer. And they come out and they, they win. But just like uh, uh, the Juventus game, which we didn't mention with VAR, this one's huge. VAR is back, baby. VAR is back. We have our favorites omnipresent hand, uh, uh, meddling in every single game. I mean, honestly, I miss VAR after the World Cup. Do you miss VAR after the World Cup? I, VAR is uh, a lot of fun for me. It, it reduces the controversy. Uh, it's a good character in this uh, narrative we call Calcio. It, but it also, in Calcio, it sparks irrationality, as you would see in this game. Falke gets his goal reversed with VAR. Uh, which blew my mind because it, apparently the Calcio gods make it see fit that every time an ex-Roma player plays against Roma, they have to score a goal. Um, so the new theme this season is a former Roma player gets his goal overturned. Hooray! But Metzari in this game just just takes the cake for me on this one. We like to call him Dustin Baldwin or Alec Hoffman because seriously, look at a picture of this guy. He looks like the love child of Alec Baldwin and Dustin Hoffman, but he goes full baseball manager in this one and gets the boot. I mean, just down to a T. I'm surprised he didn't like go throw bats from the from the dugout onto the field. Um, and then, then he's later spotted in the stands like Bobby Valentine, even though he's not supposed to be there. <laughs> refuses to go out the out to the press conference saying he would get banned ten games. Not only does he go full baseball manager, not only do we have the return of VAR, but we have the return of Mihailovic 
We, I mean, just Torino apparently need Bobby Knight to coach their team. Yeah, uh, Torino is not Torino without a coach constantly losing his ish. You need a fire breather, man. You need one. So Torino, they they, they dropped this game one zero, uh, not without uh, uh, throwing an absolute temper tantrum. And Belotti seems to be maturing into uh, a, a a quintessential Italian striker with several dives in this game. On the other side of the ball. Clavert and Under, Clavert and Under. It's the first game of the season. I'd probably take me to week seven to get uh, 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 Clavert or Clavert's name right. But these are the things that dreams are made of, right, Chris? Always, always. So we see Clavert slash Clavert set up at a beautiful assist after coming on late in this game. You know, dumps it over the top, over the top, and the mouse face killer Jeko opens up his account by having a sweet volley over the top. Roma wins 1-0. So all I got to say about this, Chris, like we say every year, maybe this year is different for Roma. There, there, there are some things in the tea leaves. We spent more money than we've ever spent. We got Kluvert slash Clivert coming in. Um, we have a goal overturned by VAR in our favor against a former Roma player scoring against us. You know, we're the Serie A Cubs, baby. Maybe this is our year. See, I, I'm going to be the... Uh the Roma fan here and just I, I thought this game I saw Iago Falque's uh, goal live and uh, it just made me think well this is how the season's gonna go a former Romanista is gonna score on us and we're either gonna draw or lose in our first game and we'll be in like a situation like Inter just hang them up boys go home the season's over so uh, that's uh, I don't know that's just kind of I was ready for this game to go that way. Fortunately, it didn't, but that's life of a Roma fan. Pass Roma teams to drop points, and an next teammate would score on them. Get excited, Chris Ross. The Scudetto, here we come. It's all over for Inter. It's all here for us. All right. Well, Tad, that wraps up the first four games, the Champions League spots. We're going to move on to the Europa League spots. And we've got Fiorentina up versus Sampdoria. This one obviously was postponed. We mentioned the bridge tragedy. Our thoughts up with uh, all the Genovese people. Sampdoria obviously uh, uh, plays in Genoa uh, as well. So this game was postponed for that reason. And our thoughts continue to be with Italy and that city uh, as they heal over this tragedy. The next game we have is Atalanta and Frosinone. This one finished 4 nothing. This is the story of two outsider teams, but there's really only one giant killer between these two. Papu Gomez killed it in this game. Atalanta winning 4-0, but Papu had two goals in this one. We'll start with Atalanta being outside of Milan in Bergamo. Um, They're known as giant killers. They're going far in Europa last year. They're knocking off Serie A giants every once in a while. They've got a great, fun captain who I would recommend anyone out there if you're on Instagram. Papu Gomez has got some great stuff uh, on Instagram. He's a funny guy and uh, killed it in this game. Two goals, gets the brace, and uh, uh, is the captain of this team. Also have to mention, Tad, Atalanta, even though they're in Europa right now, but they're fighting to get into like the real part of the tournament, they're killing it. I mean, their their goal they're differential dest- is great. They're Go destroying ahead. everything in sight. They're they are the bazooka of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the Europa League qualifiers. I mean, this team is fired up to be in this. I mean, they they lose a couple players again in this transfer window. But they they don't miss a step. They're I think they are looking better than they have the last two seasons coming in. I fear them this week when we when Roma plays them. Yep, 
No, and uh, it needs to be said. Usually we, we've mentioned Sassuolo. They've had uh, years of being the Cinderella. If Atalanta does well this year, this is their third Cinderella season in a row, which is um, frankly impressive. It's just uh, that they're doing good things. They're a fun team to watch, too. They're mid-table, but they're fighting for uh, Europa every year, maybe flirting with the last spot in Champions League. They're a fun team to watch. Did you see that guy on social media that posted a picture of himself going to this game, and he was—he just basically like blew himself. Yes, he looked like Blue Man Group. I did see that in the Atalanta Speedo. Uh, boy, social I media. Ch- <laughs> I ch- challenge you to find that happening anywhere else in Italy. Usually, an ultra super fan will come with a t- with with only this the scarf, regular civilian clothes, a fanny pack, and cigarettes. This dude decides that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna. Once they win, he's gonna, or he's gonna perform the halftime show as the Blue Man Group. Just everybody in Bergamo is rocking for this team right now. Ferragosto, man, it brings uh, the passionate fan base out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other side of this is Frosinone. So Frosinone is a city just south of Rome and OTFR. It's still actually in the state of Lazio. Uh, I'm gonna. That's where that's- New Fabio is from. Yep, exactly. They got into Syria with a little bit of controversy coming up last uh, spring in Syria B. There's evidence of uh, their ball boys and a lot of people actually uh, throwing balls out on the field when they were taking on Palermo in the playoff game. That was almost enough to uh, get sent back down, but this is Italy and the FIGC, so it wasn't. Um, so they're still up here, but uh, I thought there was a great headline on Football Italia in this one. Not a lot of people uh, expecting much out of Frozenone being up in the Serie A. The uh, headline was Can- Canaries or Canarini go back down into the coal mine with this one. So they lost 4 nothing, and that uh, is pretty fitting for them. Uh, just didn't get it done against a, a, a hot team like Atalanta. Well, Frozenone was up two seasons ago. Very uninspiring. I, I tend to pull for them a little bit because I think the name is fun to say, and also they're close to Rome. But I mean, I this this team. I think this is the leading contender. They put they put Atalanta at the top of the table with this this just absolute drubbing. Nobody on the team I can really think as an impact player. So I think they got to be uh, 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 ahead of our list for. Uh, we'll see it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll they got to be at top on the list for Sayonara to Serie B. Yep. So uh, maybe a new Fabio is pulling for him. Totally understand the family connection, but. I think he'd be the only Curve American out there uh, pulling for Frozenone. Up next, we've got Milan and Genoa. As we mentioned, uh, this game was also postponed due to the bridge tragedy. Uh, Genoa, obviously the namesake of uh, the city that was affected. So this game will be postponed. And then that takes us down to the last three games, which we're putting into the relegation zone for now. But I got the first game in this one, Tad. And these two teams, I don't think they're going down. Parma and Udinese. This one finished 2-2, and it just shows that the whole table has something to offer. Udinese stormed back from this one. The, during, the darling storyline of Parma uh, this, this whole summer since they've been promoted, you know, it didn't, their first game didn't go their way, but we got to focus on Parma and what exactly they're doing up here in Syria. So their rise has taken them from D to C to B, and now in the Syria. That's never been done before. Four consecutive seasons from like the lowest ranks of uh, Italian, almost semi-professional calcio up to A. 
they're up here. And uh, for U.S. fans, I, I'm going to include myself in this kind of coming of age of sports in, in the early 90s. I remember Parma as a club that was it was a Serie A presence and, and kind of even if you were just kind of tangentially connected to Serie A, you knew that Parma had a good club and was really making noise. And I think it Chris, actually, they had they had yeah they had Fabio Cannavaro and Gigi Buffon. Right, this team was legit in the nineties. Yep, big names for sure. Um, that that really went on to do great things in their career. And so between the new TV deal and the fact that um, you know Parma is up in here, it does add credence, in my opinion, that Serie A is back. It's a big uh, uh, resurgence of the league. I'm still kind of hesitant on that of whether we're actually back or just it just looks that way. Uh, but that will play out uh, throughout the season. This one finished 2-2, Tad. Uh, like I said, Parma dropped the draw, uh, dropped the win in this one by uh, letting, letting Udinese back in the game. Maybe their new late signing in Gervinho and uh, his, his uh, beautiful hairline uh, is going to make a difference for him. Hopefully uh, Parma can continue to, to grow here. I'm pulling for him just because, uh, you know, again, of the, the narrative of them being a big club and, and helping Serie A come back. Uh, and those third uniforms, those black uniforms are awesome. So yeah, this one. Yeah, this one for me, you know, if you think about you, you, the, the, that we're saying Serie A is back. This is Parma versus Udinese. This is two, like, classic Italian teams, lots of pedigree, you know, that have, have fit in in certain ways as to basically, like, the mentality of the club and, you know, are known throughout the, the, the Bel Paese super well. But they come in and they do a 2-2 exciting barn burner with a team coming from behind, which is not what a Parma and Udinese would have been in the 90s. So Serie A is back, and it's back, and it's more exciting than ever. And the only way you could make this more exciting is if Gervinho's headband popped off and that we saw that uh, his hairline starts um, in the small of his back. Shock and all with that. I'm, I'm excited to see Gervinho. He's a great player. All right. Free transfer too, man. That's Free right. transfer. Flurry of signing for Parma because people didn't think they were going to actually come up. They didn't think it. Then they get sent back down to B for about five minutes. The fact that they've the spit and polish may have managed to put together a Serie A team. I'm ex- I am excited, as Bo Rat would say. More uh, more FIGC uh, controversy there. Uh, they they have evidence of someone texting one of their buddies that uh, you're not going to go uh, take it easy on us. We might get up to Serie A. That almost was enough to send them down. FIGC being what it is, nothing happened. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game, we've got Bologna and Spa. This one finished one nothing in one of the many, many Emilia-Romagna derbies right there in central Italy. Pippo Inzaghi calling this a derby. He's up from Serie B and Venezia FC, the team that we're very fond of, being that Joe Tacopina, an Italian-American uh, attorney and owner, owns that Serie B club. He dropped his first game up in Serie A and a first derby. It's not enough in this one as uh, Kurtic hits a rocket. Tad, you said this was one of the goal of the weeks. Uh, you want to describe it? How was uh, Kurtic's goals? Uh, how did it unfold for you? Well, he was sitting in a lawn chair this, uh, uh, about seven miles away from the stadium, um, pops up out of it, drills one. It curls beautifully towards the back of the net against trench foot old uh, uh, Luka Skrupski, 
the single tier goalkeeper that I'm sorry that we uh, that we let go. Uh, no way anybody could save it. Just I mean, it's not the type of goal that you see week one Bologna versus Spall. Wonderful stuff. Yep. And uh, you're calling dibs on Spall being your relegation uh, uh, avoidance team, hoping that they stay up uh, this year. They're your Crotone, since my beloved Crotone is down in B already. Is that, uh, what's is not, that right? Yeah, what's not to like about this team, man? they still got Antonucci, who, you know, now that Borriello has retired to the pit of naked, writhing creatures, um, he takes the mantle as the best-looking man in Serie A. And now they have uh, uh, guys like Kurtich ripping shots like this. They're a provincial team that uh, is on their second ever season of Serie A, I'm, I'm, I'm getting down. All right. I'm still holding on to my beloved Crotone. There was a chance like two weeks ago they still might have come up in Serie A because of all this text messaging controversy. But um, I was I was pulling for you, Chris. I, I kept you in my in my thoughts and prayers. I appreciate it. Uh, so we're hoping that uh, they come up next season anyway. All right, Ted. Finally, we've got the toilet bowl game of the week in Empoli versus Cagliari. This is the game of the W-E-A-K, the game of the week. Uh, just terrible, terrible game. Not much fun to watch. 2 nothing Empoli. They take it away. What would you think? Empoli. They're back. And not only they're back, they're Serie B champions. And, you know, they win this one 2-0 against Calgary. Your favorite word to say. Maybe a year back down and B has taught Empoli how to secure three points. But... In Curve America, we're jilted lovers when it comes to Empoli. We need more proof. We need more flowers. We need more poems. We need more promised date nights that don't end up with us just going out and drinking with Empoli's friends. And, you know, when we complain, Empoli just says, what? They're your friends, too. We need more to convince us to give Empoli another chance in the Syria. Ah, They need to prove to us that they have changed. But for now... An Empoli game to me is like getting excited when you're, you know, your mom makes meatloaf, but then you realize that you freaking hate meat. So who is this Empoli team that has come back up in the Serie A? I mean, Chris, let's let's take a magical journey back to Curve America's first season in 2016-17. Uh, back then, it was like watching an Empoli game was about as exciting as getting a Bed Bath and Beyond coupon in the mail. Um, they came into that last week of the season one point safe. Then they lose to the relegated uh, Zamperini Test leaders of Palermo, and Crotone beat OTFR to be safe for one more season. Remember, it cost you money, man. Yeah, I wouldn't call it costing me money. I enjoy that jersey. I, I, I love that jersey. Well, it definitely cost you a, a lot of time in your life to be able to track down the Patagorici Crotone jersey, but uh, uh, still my hats will forever be off to you to, to, to never giving up on that dream. But let's fast forward to today, and after they have won the Serie B title, you know, who is Empoli? Well, I mean, they have Luca Antonelli. I mean, you know, kind of a, a, a decent player from Milan. They have Aqua, who was a guy whose name we've said on the podcast from time to time. Um, they have Ushan, uh, the old Roma player. So I, I guess really the only prediction I can make about Empoli this season is that will that Empoli will score at least one goal against Roma. Um, and they have the gross jerseys. Not only do they have the ugliest jerseys in the Serie A, they literally say gross on the front of them. Yeah. Um, what do you think 
a gross computer does for you? Like we haven't looked that up, but what what could it possibly do for you in Italy? I think that uh, uh, it, it's it's really good at profit margins in the stock market. I have no idea. Empoli this year was the week one Serie A champions before Mon- Monday's Atalanta game. So for a short period of time, top of the table, Empoli. Don't let anyone ever take that away from you. So uh, maybe that's your early case of getting back into our hearts. But I just, Chris, I don't think you, Mar- you me, or Marco will think this is for real. And I personally think that we'll find Empoli in week five you know, spending their rent money on Antonio Cassano. But the one positive I do have to say about this Empoli team that's come up, uh, I'm excited about this Francesco Caputo guy he's, they have. He's the team captain. He's 31 years old. He has 156 goals in Italy. Uh, main, uh, 47 of these are with Bari. Um, and that's the only other Serie A team he played with when they were up for a little while when they had Bonucci and uh, Antonio Ranacchia. Um so, you know, it's just to me this I love the 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 like Quagliella or other players like that, the journeyman uh, uh, Italian striker Boriello. So Frank you see the Caputs, man. But you know, if, if anybody if anybody's gonna sign this card with the flowers for Curve America take it back, I want it to be you. Well, maybe we could just skip this. And uh, do you want to cover Serie B here? We could talk about what, Cur- what uh, Cortona is doing. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe that's for side hustle. It's it, it's like us driving an Uber for this podcast. Um, we'll we'll do a Serie B podcast where we just talk about Cortona and Venezia. Yeah, exactly. Well, I would uh, get entertained by that, but we will hold it there. Ted, we got a new format here. We got to be impressed with ourselves. We got it in. Marco will be happy. Under 50 minutes. We have completed all coverage of week one in Serie A. Congrats, buddy. Well, hey, it was softball because not all, all, all games were played. But, hey, you know you know how you get to uh, Carnegie Hall? Crap. Practice, my friend. Practice. <laughs> all right. So, hopefully next week Marco will be back. We won't have Tad. But uh, looking forward to week two in the Serie A, especially with all this ESPN coverage. We would love to hear from everybody on social media. Please tell us what you think about the podcast, what you think about ESPN, what storylines you're enjoying for week two. Uh, You can hit us up at Curve America, all one word, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And Tad, why don't you remind everybody again, once they find this podcast, what can they do? Well, they need to reach deep in their pockets and pull out five stars for us. And if you want to write a nice little comment that helps us out very much. Uh, and we are looking forward to Roma versus Atalanta. I got to admit, I'm a little scared. But there's so many great matchups coming this week. Juve OTFR, Napoli-Milan. Uh, just just a just a great round of games coming. Inter-Torino. Looking yeah. forward to it. Great, great games. So we look forward to that. Until then, ragazzi or ragazzo. Dishamo. Arrivederci. Ciao, 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 ciao.